So good to be here. I had uh, someone stop me at the front door and go, how did Moses fast for 40 days? <laughs> we got to check that out. But how are we doing, Dempo? We doing well? Well, you know, with, with nights like this, we always, always have prayer nights and things like that. And after we announce, sometimes you got to say these things and you just don't know where the plane's landing or where it's going. And so usually in nights of this nature, we've got prayer points that come up on the screen and, uh, and, and we just sort of go from there and, and all of that. But I was feeling a different direction. And I want to talk about the Holy Spirit. Talk about, uh, you know, we, 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 we must not forget that we are part of and we are a Pentecostal church. And, and, and I just want to, uh, I, I pray tonight will be a night of refreshing, renewing. Uh, maybe the stuff that you've already known, but how many of you know every now and then you've got to just refuel that knowledge? That I, and it's more than knowledge, it's, it's, it's revelation. That's what it is. And uh, so uh, that's, that's sort of what I talk about. I've got like just a few points here. These are my notes. Uh, and I'm just, I've just got scriptures, which I don't even have written, but it's going to come up on the screen and we'll just go. I might actually, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this up, up here just so that I can see the screen and then sort of make impress you make it look like I know all the scriptures but I want to talk about I want to talk about the, the, if you're taking notes or just to drop this into your heart the title of my message is sons and daughters sons and daughters I don't know if you know this but you know Jesus is not just our savior but God is our father and what that means is we are sons and we are daughters the Bible calls us his own children and, 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 and what that means also is if I'm a son and my dad's a king, that adds a level of royalty to me, doesn't it? It makes us kings and queens because he's not just the king. The Bible calls him the king of kings, right? He's the king of kings. And so I guess what you've got to understand firstly is that you have a royalty that, and that's what salvation is. Salvation is discovering the royalty that you were born in. And the best example of that would be the stories of kings that we watch in movies of that guy that was born in a, in a farm and later on realizes that there was royalty flowing in his bloodline and he was the answer that was supposed to come and take on the leadership of the nation. And that's mine and your story. That's really what it is. It's that, and God's called you and I to rule and reign. And, but how many of you know that in ruling and reigning, there's an identity that comes with it. There's, there's some things that royalty does and there's some things that royalty does not do. Not because it's not permissible or any of that nature, but it's just what royalty is. And so what I want us to really approach understanding what I'm about to unfold tonight is, is that the first thing before we talk about anything is that your God identity is found in knowing that you're a son and a daughter. And in that, it's not just the fact that you're a son and a daughter, but you're also a, a prince and a, or a princess or a king and a queen. And so with that thought in mind, are you tracking with me? I want to read from Proverbs 25, verse 2. Proverbs 25, it says, It is the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings and queens to search things out. It's the glory of God to conceal things, but the glory of kings and queens to search it out. Here's what I'm trying to say. God doesn't, God doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. Are you with me? God doesn't, a lot of people is like, oh, I'm going to hide that away so that they do not know I've got the secret stash of Oreos uh, in the pantry. You know, it's just for me after hours when the kids go to sleep. No, no, no. It's, God doesn't hide things from us. He hides things for us. Uh, it's sort of like Christmas where you're sending uh, or you, get, you send your kids on Easter egg hunt 
uh, trails. You know, they're finding it. And you know where it's hidden, but the joy of them finding it, the joy of them discovering it brings joy to you. So it's the glory of God. It brings pleasure to God to conceal a matter. And when kings and queens discover that, it brings joy to him. Are you tracking with me? And so anything that is hidden from you, sometimes I, I find people tell me things like, oh, I just want to know God's will for my, for my life. Well, God's hidden it not because he's bad or mean. He's hidden it because he's put the keys within your identity. He's put the keys within your royalty. He's put in the keys within your, your sonship or your daughtership uh, to discover that. Are you with me? And one of the greatest keys that he put his mystery in is this person called the Holy Spirit. Which is why Jesus said, I must go so that he will come. And the purpose of the Holy Spirit was not just to replace. He was not the sub that they called in at the last, last quarter of the game. You know what I'm saying? People are sort of like, you know, they're winning the game. Let LeBron go. Let's get Mustafa from, you know, that, that country club to come and do the last layup. No, no, no. This is not one of those situations. Are you with me? The Holy Spirit is, 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 God, uh, is God unfolding. The Holy Spirit is the mysteries of heaven unfolding. But we, gotta un but we can never understand the Holy Spirit or fully come into, into understanding who He is unless we recognize who we are. Because unless you understand that you're a son, you're a daughter, you will not be able to receive gifts from God. You'll always have a yes, a boss mentality. You'll always have a slave mindset mentality uh, unless you recognize that you're a son. You're a daughter. And Jesus died and he rose from the dead so that we would no longer be servants, but we would be friends. We would no longer be slaves, but we would be family. We would not no longer just look at him as our boss, but we would be sons and daughters. That's what Jesus said to his disciples. And so you and I, we're invited to this place in God. And so I want to build a premise on this because that is where everything sort of unfolds from the conversation we we're about to have about the Holy Spirit. And so now with that in mind, I want us to now read Acts chapter 2, the epic on the day of Pentecost story. The epic on the day. And they, just to give you a premise before that, Jesus says to his disciples, and I want you to think about this, right? Jesus was with his disciples for three and a half years. He was human. He ate. He slept. Uh, and so how many of you know that when someone says, I need to go, that someone else will come, you will always have a certain idea of what's going to come. So I want you to think about this. The disciples probably thought the Holy Spirit's another person that looks like Jesus. They had no idea who was going to walk into the room. And Jesus says to his disciples, I need you to wait in Jerusalem. In other words, I need you to pray. I need you to spend time. I need you to worship uh, until the Holy Spirit comes. So I want you to imagine the disciples are sitting and, and they're probably thinking someone's going to walk through the door. Uh, you know, they're not sure what is going to happen. But this is what it says in Acts chapter 2 verse 1. On the day of Pentecost, all the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, this is the moment. Suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm. And it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them. I want you to notice it says, then what looked like flames. You've got those pictures out there with people with, you know, tongue on their head and the fire. It just looked like it. And this is the thing about the Bible is this, sometimes these things are so superior, you've got to use earthly terms to try and get your head around it. What looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, everyone, and everyone present. I want to point that 
to you tonight, everyone present, not just the apostles, not just Peter, James, and John, not just the select few, every single person present with the Holy Spirit. And friend, this is God's heart for you and me. It's not for just the people in the front row, the back row. It's for every single person. He wants to fill us with His Holy Spirit. Was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. I want you to notice that the Spirit of God gave them this ability. God's Spirit gave them this ability. At that time, there were devout Jews from every nation living in Jerusalem. When they heard the loud noise, everyone came running. They were surprised to hear their own languages being spoken by the believers. They were completely amazed. How can this be? They exclaimed. These people are all from Galilee, and yet we hear them speaking in our own native languages. And here we have a list of different countries and provinces that I will not mention. goes on to say people from Egypt, visitors from Rome, both Jews and, and converts to Judaism, Arabs. And we all hear these people speaking in our own languages about the wonderful things God has done. They stood there amazed and perplexed. What can this mean? They asked each other. But check it out. But the others in the crowd ridiculed them saying they are just drunk. That's all. You know what is funny, friends? When the Holy Spirit comes, there is a moment where we go, this is God. But human rationale always comes in and demystifies it to our level. Oh, they're just drunk. They're just high on Hillsong. They just, they just you know, it's just, it's just we try to put it down to our, I want you to notice just there in the Bible, it's, this, is not, this is not 21st century unbelief. It's unbelief has been a crime that's been all through humanity. And I want you to notice one moment they're like, this is awesome. This is God. The other moment it's like, they just drunk. That's all. And I want to encourage us tonight. Let's not, let's not try to compartmentalize the Holy Spirit in a box, in a category based on an experience. Maybe some of us have had a negative experience. Maybe some of us have seen some stuff online. That's, you know, I'm not sure what your background is, but I want, to, I want you to do away Get rid of that box, get rid of that frame, and have an open heart to what the Spirit of God wants to do. Are you with me? And it's really powerful that we get a hold of it. Now, now, now one of the things that I want to talk about today, really what I want to talk about is speaking in tongues. Because how many of you know, most people don't have a problem with the Holy Spirit. They just have a problem with what He comes with. <laughs> but it's not like five chapters later. It's literally the Holy Spirit came and they spoke in other tongues. I know I wrote to the complaint department in heaven. They should have put a comma there or an asterisk there, an oblique there, whatever. But, but it's all together. The Holy Spirit came and they spoke in unknown tongues. Some of you know what asterisk and oblique is. That's fantastic. So good. I can know your age now. So, so Holy Spirit and tongues. It's together. It's together. And, and, and all through century, we've had denominations fight and battle and argue, but every experience, if you look at Acts chapter 2, Acts chapter 4, Acts chapter 8, Acts chapter 12, Acts chapter 12, by the way, is 12 years after. It's not 12 days. We read the Bible, and oh, yeah, yeah, 12 days later, 12, 12 years after, when the Holy Spirit came, every time there was some form of evidence. It says, and when the disciples saw that the whole, how did they see? A dove came. How did they see? There was the, one, of the, one of the evidences was people speaking in tongues. Now, there's an argument. And one of the arguments is, if I were to speak in tongues, if I were to speak in an unknown language, I've got to speak Egyptian, I've got to speak, you know, Armenian, one of the, one of the native languages that was there. And this is where there's a lot of confusion in, amongst people, amongst friends, amongst believers. But what I want you to understand is there are actually different kinds of tongues. Are you with me? 
There's tongues for private use and there's tongues for public use. And what happened on that day was a mix of that. There was some that was, it was a private moment. There was some it was public. But we cannot take just that one scripture and go. And that's why I'm not preaching from one scripture. You will see a thread throughout scripture. And you will almost find at times that Paul, who writes a lot about tongues, contradicts himself. If you do not understand that there are different kinds of tongues. Are you with me? So are we ready to go on that journey? So here's, here's the first one I want to share with you. 1 Corinthians chapter 14, verse 2. For if you have the ability to speak in tongues, you'll be talking only to God. Wait a minute, isn't that a contradiction? Acts chapter 2 just tells me that everybody else understood tongues. But Paul is saying you're only talking to God. That woke you up. So what's that about? Because you've got to understand there are different kinds of tongues. If you have the ability to speak, that's tongues. What is that? Tongues for personal use. You'll be talking only to God since people won't be able to understand you. What? In Acts chapter 2, they understood them. You've got to understand everything has a purpose. You'll be speaking, and check it out, you will be speaking by the power of the Spirit, but check it out, but it will all be mysterious. Proverbs, it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the glory of kings to reveal it. It's the glory of God to make things a bit mysterious, but the glory of kings to reveal it. Could it be, could it be that God was saying, yes, these things seem mysterious, but I anticipate a generation I anticipate a people group. I anticipate a clan. I anticipate a tribe that will not just be bearers of my name, but be carriers of my spirit to whom I will, be, I will give the divine ability to interpret mysteries unknown because it's the glory of God to conceal a matter and the pleasure of kings to see them revealed. It will be mysterious. It will be mysterious. I want you to understand one of the greatest ways I've tried to explain praying in tongues is mysteries. It is mysterious. When I, when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, it was mysterious. If I can be really honest, when I first got filled with the Holy Spirit, I did not understand. Most times I still do not understand what, I, what, I'm, what I'm saying, what I'm praying. But I've seen God move so powerfully over the years that there's a track record of faith. I still remember before I started praying in tongues, I'd worship in English and it'd be like, oh, I feel it's amazing. This is awesome. In fact, I remember one, I got quite disappointed when I start, once I started speaking this unknown language because it was like, I'm not understanding what I'm saying. But just mentors and leaders in my life just said, just keep praying, just keep praying. The best explanation I have is I want you to imagine you're browsing the internet, okay? And someone sends you a big folder and you've clicked download and it's downloading and you're browsing you're checking your email you're sending things across on facebook whatever else you're doing and an hour later you sort of walk away you know and then you're like wait a minute did that did that folder download and you got to go back and open up that folder and you're like oh there's 15 files in there I find a lot of times when, I, when I'm praying in tongues, that's what happens. I feel like downloads are happening in a folder. I, it's like a download that happens. And usually it's when I'm driving. It's when I'm shopping. Just recently, I was, I was having a nap. And Leah walks into my room, our room rather. We are on the, in the same room. <laughs> she walks into, she walks into, she walks into uh, our room. And she wakes me up and she says a name. As she says this name, something comes out of my mouth about this individual. I'm sleeping, right? 
And even today, I was just like, why did that come out of my mouth? It was something I, I could not have known. Friend, I want you to know a lot of times when you pray in the Spirit, that's what happens. God has this, this resetting happening behind the scenes. And he's downloading things, mysteries, mysteries, mysteries. I get the craziest ideas when I'm shopping, when I'm in Woolies. When I'm, it's like I get names, I get ideas. It's like, when did this happen? It's like when you pray in tongues, there's an unfolding, there's mysteries. There's, there's, a, there's a folder that needs to be unboxed. There's a folder in your drive that needs to be unboxed. And that's what praying in tongues does. So I want us to read now 1 Corinthians 14, the next verse, verse 3. It says, but one who prophesies strengthens others encourages them and comforts them check it out a person who speaks in tongues is strengthened personally but one who speaks a word of prophecy strengthens the entire church now here's another argument a lot of people like to use a lot of people tell me things like uh, 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 the bible says when you pray in tongues you're strengthening yourself when you pray in tongues you edify yourself in fact the original translation says when you pray in tongues you edify yourself but when you prophesy, prophecy is encouragement, prophecy is exhortation, prophecies, you edify the church. So I've had pastors tell me and leaders tell me of different belief, you know, ethos, tell me things like even the Bible sort of makes tongues look inferior. If you read that scripture, that's what it'll feel like. It'll be like tongues is for personal use and prophecy is for public use. It's sort of like, you know, so if I could choose between the two, if I were going to buy a pair of kicks, I'll buy a kick called prophecy. <laughs> As opposed to a cake with tongues. But you know that all shoes come with tongues anyways. <laughs> but so, so, so you know what I'm talking about, I hope. Um, but what did Jesus say? Jesus said, before you remove the speck, speck out of your brother's eyes, make sure you remove the speck out of yours. Before you edify the body, make sure your body is edified. Before you strengthen the body, make sure you're strengthened. They don't work against each other. They work with each other. See, so many times we get picky about God's like, no, no, you can have both. It's all available. Again, but tongues, you've got to understand, again, that tongues is a personal gift. It's a personal grace. I like to call it the grace of speaking in tongues, whereas prophecy is a public it's a public gifting. It's a gifting that strengthens and edifies and blesses the body. Are you with me? So what, what is it? We need both. We need prophecy. We need tongues. We need both. We need to strengthen ourselves. We need to strengthen people. We need to edify ourselves. We need to edify people. Verse 14. Let's, let's jump to verse 14 of the same chapter. This is what it says. Paul is saying, for if I pray in tongues, my spirit is praying, but I don't understand what I'm saying. You got to love Paul, his honesty. I love the honesty of that statement. He, he, he is literally saying, I do not understand. How many of you take comfort in the fact that Paul doesn't understand what he's praying when he prays in tongues? But here's my point. It's not about your understanding. It's about your spirit. He says, for when I pray in tongues, it's not, my it's not about my mind. It's not about my intellect. It's about my spirit person. There's, some, there's someone in me called the spirit of God. My, I have a spirit and that spirit prays. And so that's what happens. Well, check out what it says. Well, then what shall I do? That's a predicament right there. I will pray in the spirit and I will pray in words of understanding. I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing in words of understanding. Here's again what Paul is saying. Why choose from the budget menu when you have the buffet? He's literally going, pray in the Spirit and pray in your understanding. Sing in the Spirit and sing. What is he saying? He's saying harmony. Harmony between the Spirit and the mind. Harmony between the intellect and your Spirit. 
And I think it's really, really, really important that we get a handle on of this because when we begin to understand this, we'll begin to understand that our, our being works together. There's a working together that begins to happen and it becomes quite powerful in Jesus' name. Why don't we jump to verse 18. Check out what Paul continues. I thank God that I speak in tongues more than any of you. <laughs> Let me tell you one thing about Paul. He wrote most of the New Testament. Never met Jesus physically, had a vision of Jesus, but was way more, the revelation knowledge he carried was way more, and I believe one of his strengths was the grace, the practice, the habit to pray in tongues. And my thing is, if Paul prayed in tongues, if Paul needed that for his spiritual life, I need double tongues. I need two, three languages. You know what I'm saying? And so I think sometimes we can get in the way of experiences. And let me tell you, if you don't know my background, I grew up in an I, I grew up in an Anglican household, and 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 there was a lot of uh, you know sort of bad talking about tongues and all that. I went on my own journey to understand this. And let me tell you, as you study the Bible, you'll begin to see just the invitation that's there in Scripture into the things of the Spirit as you pray in tongues how many of us have been at a place where we're like i get all that but i don't know how to pray or maybe let's ask let's let's be let's probably ask a bit more spiritual question how many of you have ever reached a situation in life where you do not know what to pray it's like they have a b and both look good but i'm not sure which way to pray well here's a scripture for you romans chapter 8 verse 26 check out what it says for when for the Holy Spirit helps us in our weaknesses. For example, we do not know what God wants us to pray for. Man, this is amazing. This text is preaching itself. We don't know how to pray. Literally, it's like we don't know how God wants us to pray. But the Holy Spirit prays for us with groanings that cannot be expressed in words. What's that? That's tongues. It's, not, it's, it's normal vocabulary that cannot be expressed when you pray in tongues. When you start speaking in that unknown language, when you start speaking in that unknown tongue, what is happening? It's the Spirit of God in you that's praying. When you reach that crossroad and someone's about to die, when you reach that crossroad and you've got no faith in you and you're like, everything looks crazy. That person's in stage four of cancer. It's, it looks horrible. It looks bad. But when you start praying in tongues, it's, 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 it changes the atmosphere. It changes what's going on. It changes where your heart is at. But check out what it says. And the Father who knows all hearts knows what the Spirit is saying. For the Spirit pleads for us believers in harmony with God's own will. You know the number of times I've had people say, I do not know the will of God? Pray in tongues. When you start praying in tongues, you're praying perfect prayers. When you start praying in tongues, you're praying the will of God. When you start praying in tongues, your spirit being inside of you goes before God and says, can you see what Alvin's going through? Can you see that person's going through? Can you, and starts praying with articulation that, that earthly language cannot handle. It's a heavenly tongue. It's a heavenly language. And it unfolds mystery and breaks things and changes situations, changes atmospheres for the glory of God. I've seen this over and over in my life where I've been confused. And it's like, which way do I pray? Which way do I pray? Which way do I pray? I remember many years ago, there was this, uh, there was this situation where there's this person we knew was brain dead. And I went and I started praying. And I started first, you know, calling out and casting out and all the stuff you learn in different breakthrough schools and I bind and loose and your kingdom, every, nothing, you couldn't feel anything. 
And then I just started praying in tongues and just start praying in tongues. Just start praying. And, and these words started coming up in me. Praise. Praise. So I started praying. But you've got to understand, it's not just praise as in I praise you, God. I started praising God for that person. I started saying, God, I see that person waking up. I see their son deliver flowers. I see them going for a jog. This person was literally dead, brain dead, on the ventilator. Praising, praising. An hour, I prayed for an hour, pray, just praising. I literally was praising for an hour. And something in me was like, it's done. Not, not like it's happened, like you're done, Alwyn, that's it. And a couple of hours later, I heard she got up. You know what I'm saying? Here's, here's my point. It's when you begin to pray in tongues, he drops in mysteries. He dro drops in secrets. He drops in codes that are so unique. The best way to explain it is this way. If you were to, now I'm not sure what, every, every nation has its own defense system, right? So the Australian Defense Force has its own coding. Uh, in fact, this week, funny enough, I was actually sitting with uh, someone who had quite a high position uh, in, the, in the army, in the, in the, he was more like at the AFB from what I understand. And, and I started talking about, hey, do you know this? Do you know this? And he was like, oh, they, they operate at a different place. They operate, he was at a high ranking level. So I said, how do, you, how do you identify this? And he said, we've got different words, of, we've got different codings. We've got different codings for the different things. So higher your ranking, higher the codings that you will learn and higher the access that you have. Are you with me? So in an earthly environment, if earth's defense system has its own coding language, you reckon heaven's got its own language? But wait a minute, we're not done. Jesus came to our level, but he went, to, went back to heaven. He said, I'm, not, I'm done with being at your level. I'll no longer call you servants. I'll call you son. I'm going to put a language in you. I'm calling you into my level. I'm putting heaven's language, heaven's coding, heaven's fabric on your lips. Are you with me? And so it's such a powerful thing. This is literally praying in tongues as God saying, I'm calling you to my level. I'm calling you into a new space. I'm calling you into a new realm. It's saying, I'm calling you into a new space. And I've noticed, and this is probably one of my favorite ones of praying in tongues, is if you ever experience a lack of faith in a certain area, a lack of faith, where it's like, God, I believe. I know in theory I need to believe for that, but please help my unbelief. God, I believe. I know I should have bigger faith, but I just cannot. And I want us to read Jude chapter 1, verse 20. It says, but you, dear friends, must build each other up in your most holy faith, Praying in the power of the Holy Spirit. See, friend, when you start praying in tongues, when you start praying in the Spirit, you start building your faith. Your faith goes to a new space. Your faith goes to a new level. Your faith begins to take on this, uh, uh, just this new fresh mantle. That's what begins to happen when you start praying in tongues, when you start praying in the Spirit. It's such a powerful thing that we've got to get a hold of. Praying in tongues. Can I say to you, Downpoint Church, Let's, let, I know a lot of us like to pray and worship and all that, but in this season, let's keep going after. Let's renew that. Let's refresh that. And maybe you're here the, this evening and you're like, I don't pray. That's okay. At the end of this meeting, we're going to pray for people. We're going to believe that God's going to fill you. We're going to believe that God's going to bring forth a new language. We're going to talk about, about that in a couple of minutes. Now, before that, before we move any forward, just a little praise point. Downpour camp's happening this weekend. And, and, and can I just say, I am so excited because, oh, me of little faith, 
you know, I, I did not expect that many. You know, we've had a bit of changes in youth and leadership and just COVID and all that. But I'm just amazed at the number of kids, number of teenagers, number of young adults that are going. I'm really excited. Can you be praying that God would mark each one of them to come back as revivalists, to come back as leaders, to come back as world changers for the glory of God? So I'm really pumped. And we'll be praying for all of our teenagers uh, at Downport Camp to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. So that's going to be pretty cool. Uh, and that's sort of what worked. I was just like, all the kids are getting filled. What about all the adults? So that's why I'm like here talking about this. Now, have you heard the scripture? Uh, and you've heard it always. It's, it's, it's like one of the most popular ones when you do not know God's will. You're talking about the will of God. Should I start the business? Uh, should, I, should I buy the t-shirt? Uh, should I, should I, you know, marry that person? How many of you know sometimes that's a prayer point, buying that t-shirt? You know, <laughs> you know uh, it's, and, and, and this is a popular quoted scripture. No eyes, have he, uh, no eyes have seen, no ears have heard, no mind has imagined. There you go, the word imagination. <laughs> what God has prepared for those who love Him. No eyes have seen, no ears. How many of you know this? But how many of you know this is an Old Testament scripture? I, I hear a lot of preachers quote this, but it's actually irrelevant. No eyes have seen, no ears have heard, no mind has imagined what God, but check out what it says. But it was to us that God revealed these things by His Spirit. For His Spirit searches out everything that shows us God's deep secret. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter, but the pleasure of kings to reveal it. I hear so many times people quoting the scripture saying, Oh, well, Alwyn, we do not know about that building. We're not sure about that project because as you know, no eyes have seen no ears have heard. Well, let me tell you what the Bible says. If God's Spirit lives in you, you have the ability to tap into a realm and listen and hear and see and understand and conceive what God has for you in Jesus' name. Church, I want to encourage us. I, I pray that you feel uh, encouraged. I, I pray that you feel uh, you know, edified. I pray that you feel strengthened in your spirit to go, I, I need to be praying. If the whole outcome of this message was, I, I just want to go home and pray in tongues. Uh, I've done my job. I've done my assignment. But here's what I want to do. I, was, I want us to have a little prayer session. And before I do that, if you're in this room, uh, here's the thing about receiving. Here's the thing about receiving. Uh, the, I know some people that feel a lot of pressure. I need to make something up. I need to do... I remember when I received tongues, it was so hard for me because I'd, grown, I'd seen some Pentecostal meetings and it was pretty wild. Lots of tambourines, lots of drums, lots of everything in between. And, 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 and just had this mindset that uh, for me to speak in tongues, I need to get loud, I need to get violent, I need to get, you know, crazy. And, and, and it was just this expectation that an angel, literally, in, to lack of better words, it, it felt a lot of times like I, an angel needed to come and play guitar hero on my tongue. That's sort of how it felt. And, and I remember when I got filled in the spirit, it was just this one word I heard in my spirit, just this one word. And it was by faith. I just started speaking it out. That one word, I just spoke it. And it became a second word. It became a third word. And, and can I just say, I usually don't say this, but I want to say this. I want to say this. The scientific definition of a kiss is the conjoinment of two symmetrical arrangement of lips leading to the exchange of bacteria and microorganisms. And that is the problem right there when we try to scientifically understand the spirit. 
We all know, any of us that have been in a relationship, that have been married, you know that's not the definition. We know the emotion. We know. And that's what I'm talking about. When the Spirit of God moves, use your heart. The Bible does not say, if you confess with your mouth and believe with your head. If you confess with your mouth and believe with your heart. The way you receive from God anything that God has for you is by receiving here. Just in your heart, by faith. By faith. There's a tugging. 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 There's a tugging that comes. And I just want to encourage us tonight. Just get rid of false ideas, hurts, or what. Just, just remove all that. In fact, right now, Holy Spirit, I pray. I pray that you would remove every preconceived man-made concepts, every preconceived man-made ideas. I pray, I ask for freedom to be released. Lord, your word says where the spirit of God is, there is freedom. And I declare freedom from the front to the back, from the left to the right, on every chair, on every aisle. Right now, Father, I thank you, God, for freedom. Lord, I pray for people that are feeling tired. I, I just speak against that weariness and I declare rest. I declare uh, peace. I declare strength. I declare rejuvenation. Lord, your word says, he that waits on you shall rise up with wings like eagle. They shall run and not grow weary. I pray for every person that feels weary. I pray that there will be a strengthening right now in this room. From the front to the back, Lord, we thank you, Lord, for freedom in this place. We thank you, Lord, for freedom in this place. We thank you, Lord, for freedom in this place.